From the Old City, a practical Torah commentary by Gutman Lodge. Preface Practical Torah means applying the Torah's ancient teachings to our daily lives. This is its ultimate practicality. The Torah has guided the Jewish people for thousands of years. In fact, it is hard to imagine a Jewish people surviving without it. Certainly, the Jews who have cast it aside have few, if any, Jewish descendants. This publication is a collection of comments, explanations, or stories for each of the weekly Torah readings. The common thread running through them is that the Torah is speaking not only of the historical perspective, indeed it is also a history book, but, even more importantly, it is also speaking about each of us today. This timelessness is its true value. When we view each of the personalities recorded in the Torah as not only having lived thousands of years ago, but also living within us, we can use those historical events to guide our lives today. When we see how the deeds of the forefathers are truly a sign to the children, we can confront our troubles the way our righteous ancestors confronted theirs. And we can thank God for what he sends us the way they thank God for what he sent to them. When we act like our holy ancestors acted, we become like them, holy servants of the one creator. This is the hope and purpose of creation. Holiness is to be our guide and our goal. But how can the average person attain such a lofty height? Simply by doing holy deeds by using the things we find in this physical world for holy purposes. Then we will be taking full advantage of this great opportunity, life. But what is holiness? God is holy. And those thoughts, words, deeds, and things that are used to help reveal His presence are also holy. In contrast to this, those thoughts, words, deeds, and things that further conceal His presence are unholy. We have born into this physical creation for some purpose, and now it is up to us to discover just what that purpose is. It is my prayer that this book will encourage you to apply the practical teachings of the Torah and live the spiritual life that is your true inheritance. When you find it, you will find your path joyful and your life satisfying. Indeed, you will become rich, with the most precious things that life has to offer. Gutman Locks, Old City, Yushalayim. The Book of Genesis, Sefer Bereshit. Genesis 1, Bereshit. In the beginning of the beginning, for thousands of years, Scientists and educators throughout the world scoffed at the Jewish people for believing in the Torah. One of the main reasons they felt that our beliefs were so foolish is the Torah's very first line. This week, we begin the Torah again, starting with its detailed description of creation. When reading the first line, do not think it is saying, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. 
Although this is the common translation, it is not correct. Such a translation would force us to ask, if this was truly the beginning, then there could not be anything before this. But the Torah is not eliminating the possibilities of what might have been before the universe was created. It is speaking of the beginning of creation. So the sentence should be read, in the beginning of God's creating the heavens and the earth. This allows for the possibility of something existing even before creation. The Torah starts with the beginning of creation since it is the story of the creation and not of the creator who obviously precedes creation. But this is not what the scientists thought was so wrong with this sentence. Their problem was the Torah's claim that the world had actually been created while for thousands of years they believed that it had always been here. They asked, where is your proof for such a fantastic idea? Their belief changed just some 50 years ago when a bright scientist came up with proof for the Big Bang Theory. He showed that indeed creation had been created, and when it happened, there was a Big Bang. Recently, astronomers theorized that any sound, and especially the first and largest sound of all, must have sent out tremendous sound waves into the cosmos. They searched to its known ends and found these waves in the furthest reaches of the universe. Now they have an actual pictorial record of the sound that accompanied the initial act of creation. The question has to be, how did the ancient Hebrews know that the world had been created? If the Torah is merely a man-made tradition handed down from father to son for some 4,000 years, who was there to record the initial creation? Obviously, there were no witnesses to this beginning of creation other than the one who created it. So how did they know or even dream up such a concept? The Torah is replete with such facts that modern scientists are just now learning. What does this mean to us? Is this merely a source of pride in our holy book? No. Since we have a source that has been proven right in so many ways and has remained unchanged for so many years, then we can safely assume it will be right in the rest of its teachings. Even those teachings that at first might seem to be superstition or mere tradition can turn out to be lifesavers. For instance, washing after coming in contact with something unclean, isolation of the unclean person or object, and circumcision are just three examples of ancient Torah principles that the modern world has only recently come to agree with. As you go through the Torah this year, and you come across something that does not seem to make sense, do not be frustrated, be intrigued. Turn it around, look to see other places where those same words or concepts are used. Is there another concept that seems similar to the one that you are stuck on? Ask the learned sources and, above all, do not give up and say that it doesn't matter. It does matter. The Torah has been given to us to understand, and for it to truly be a living Torah, we have to be able to apply its teachings in our everyday life. 
the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden is actually our story. The Zohar teaches that just like God put man in the garden then, he now puts man in the garden when he repents of his sins and occupies himself with the Torah. This is the great value of learning Torah. It is talking about us. When we eat of the tree of knowledge of good and bad, we look around and judge everything we see. That's good. That's bad. Everything we see we judge. Even while standing in the same place, this judging expels us from the garden and we are left wandering in the land of Nod. In the land of Nod, we must work the land by the sweat of our brow. Instead of judging what we see, if we would only say of it, this is God's handiwork. That is God's handiwork. We would immediately find ourselves back in the actual Garden of Eden, lovingly tending and keeping it. And this is the meaning of the sages when they speak of the line in the Torah, and there he put the man whom he had formed. They say, and there they are until this day. Women. In the story of the Garden of Eden, the Torah says that Eve looked at the tree of the knowledge of good and bad, and even though she had not yet eaten of it, she said that she saw that the fruit of the tree was good. The question has to be, how did she know? Since she had not yet eaten of that tree, she had no way of knowing good from bad, yet she called it good. What do we learn from this? We learn that a woman does not need any proof whatsoever for what she believes. At first, this sounds very funny to us and seems to disdain women, but actually the Torah is teaching us a very important difference between men and women. Whereas a woman can comfortably jump from the premise of an idea to the conclusion without any steps in between, a man will want to know, how did you arrive at that conclusion? Generally speaking, a man needs logic to arrive at his conclusions, while a woman is more intuitive. For the woman, this is both an advantage and a disadvantage. The advantage is that she is more intuitive, more spiritual, so she can attain greater heights more quickly. The disadvantage is that she might just as quickly run after foolishness. For instance, women are more prone to follow magic and spiritualisms. Also, we see that even after Eve knew better, having already eaten from the tree of good and bad, she gave that fruit to her husband to eat. Why would she do such a thing? She knew it was wrong, yet still she did it. She knew that having eaten it, she alone would die while her husband would live on and even marry another woman, and this she could not bear. Although ancient, these are imperative lessons that we must learn today in order to guide our homes in peace. There is one.com. <laughs>